Ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Well, go ahead and stand up, uh, stand on your feet, and go ahead and turn to the first book in the Bible, uh, Genesis chapter number one. I bet nobody get that one wrong today. Genesis chapter number one, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 26 down to verse number 28. I almost said the Gospel of Genesis. Genesis chapter number one, uh, verses. Uh, 26 down to verse number 28. Are you there? Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we Thank you for your word, Father. We are excited, Lord God, because we get to feast this morning in the word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will endure forever. And so, Lord God, we, uh, we Lord, give our full time and attention, Lord, to your word. I pray right now against every distraction, against every, uh, Lord, everything that would try to cause us not to receive this word Father, I pray that the word of God will fall on good ground today and that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that there will be there will be fruit that will come up from it, Lord, that our lives will be changed. The Lord, we will understand our calling, our purpose and our destiny more assuredly today, having heard what we believe the Spirit of God wants to give us today. So use me as usual. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm simply your conduit wanting to be used by you. Use me. But Father God, I pray that we only see you as we stand, Father, in the presence of your word. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. We are still in our series entitled At Work, and this has been a a very practical series, and I really have enjoyed uh, bringing a series to you, and it's it's funny because, you know, oftentimes, you know, when you're studying and you're preparing, God shows you a lot of things in the process, and and so I have had to do some growing myself, and I've had to do some repenting myself, and, uh, and this series is really something that is very, very important because, as we said before, that many of us, if not all of us in this room just about, spend a great deal of our time um, at work. And so uh, we begin our series in week one, uh, just by way of recap. Uh, we, took a life at, we took a look at the life of Joseph, and we saw that how Joseph, how his work ethic was so incredible, and that his trust and faith in God was so amazing that Joseph became the leader of all of Egypt. Last week, we actually uh, took a very, very practical uh, 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 word last week, and we actually talked about um, how to effectively share your faith in the workplace. Um, 
And in fact, I got a lot of compliments uh, from that, uh, that word in and, 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 and the sense that it really, really helped them. And so uh, if you weren't here last week, you want to go online and you can uh, upload that message and, and you can listen to it. But what we did was we really talked about practical ways of being able to share your faith without uh, violating the integrity of doing a good job and doing the things that your boss wants you to do. And so we talked about some very strategic ways. We gave 10 points and how we could do that. And today I want to talk about why do we work and its importance. Why do we work and its importance? Now I'm going to take you a little bit back this morning to the book of Genesis. Because as we have been saying throughout this whole uh, series, that work is much, much more than simply collecting a paycheck. And uh, work is about contribution. How many know that God designed you? A lot of folks don't realize this, but God designed you and I. He created us for work. God designed and he created us for work. And we'll be talking about that some more uh, as we move forward. And so what we said is that the goal is to see work as an extension, watch this, of our love and worship to God. Now, how many of you have seen work that way? (laughs) As an extension of your love and worship uh, to God. Um, We have a very compartmentalized way in terms of how we see work. We say we go to church on Sunday, you know, we worship, and then we go to work. And we have a tendency to separate the two. But how many know that in God's eyes, it's all one and the same? And so my goal in this series, I want you to look at work as an opportunity. How many know it's God's will that you walk in that place upbeat, excited, and that you change the atmosphere and change the environment? How many know that God has made you and I to be agents of change? I I don't believe, I'm telling you right now, I've been delivered from this demon. I will not drive to work mad, disgusted, upset, frustrated. I don't care if the traffic is all jacked up. And I'm going to show you why here in a moment. Because how many know, as we have been saying throughout this series, that there is something greater. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. That means no matter what you're going through, what environment that you find yourself, then we must understand that God is directing us. How many believe God is directing your life this morning? How many know that's something to be excited about? Even if you're in an environment where it's testy. How many got some testy work environments? (laughs) How many work in some environment where there's a lot of foul language and a lot of immorality and all kinds of things? But, you know, you can be that person that can go in there and you can make the biggest difference. People feel a great sense of loss, listen to me, when they only see work as tied to their worth or to their financial situation rather than a God honoring contribution. I want you to hear that. I want to say that again. People feel a great sense of loss when they only see work as tied to their worth or to their financial situation rather than a God honoring contribution. How many know that everybody is supposed to be contributing something? See, as, as, as human beings, we have been designed not only to rest and to play, but we have been designed to work. In fact, I was thinking about this. How many know that, that there is a direct link between crime and unemployment? There's a direct link. You see, 
How many know that whenever we get away from any design that God has for us, then there's always going to be trouble on the backside? You hear what I'm saying? God has set a certain precedent. And what I found out is that when people are not busy working and contributing, remember I said before, work is not about just getting money. Work is about contributing. How many know that God has gifted you? He has, he, he has made you to contribute. You're supposed to serve and make society better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so this is what we have been called to do. And so, and so when people... Uh, are not busy doing something and contributing, oftentimes it leads to other problems. You ever seen people hanging out on the street, for example, they're not working, they're just kind of hanging around, and typically what happens is when they're not busy contributing something, they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. I know that from experience. And so, so what we need to do, whether, and, and, and let me say this, because I know there may be some, who, for example, that may be trying to find a job. Uh, maybe you believe in God for a job. Let me just say this to you. Whether you find a job that pay or not, you need to be contributing. Even if it means you got to go to church and put some time in while you pray and you believe God for a paying job, how many know that you need to be working doing something? Are you hearing me? Because God designed you to work. Some of you have a hard time here, but I'm going to show you this morning from the scripture. I'm going to show you from the word of God that this is part of God's plan for us. Now, so let's look at the aspect of God, God being a worker. How many know that God is a worker? I, I, let me say it again. How many of you know that God is a worker? Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right, so I want to start right there. So right from the very, very beginning, we see God as a beautiful and a thoughtful creator. How many know the earth is beautiful? <laughs> Even in its fallen state, the earth is beautiful. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when all sin is erratic? Oh, glory to God. But in the beginning, we see God as creator. We see him forming the earth from nothing. We, 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 we see God working. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 down to verse number 3. Genesis 2, verses 1 to verse 3. Listen to this. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Watch this. And on the seventh day, God ended his what? Come on, y'all y'all work with me. God ended his what? Which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his what? Come on, say it nice loud. From all his what? Which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his what? which God had created and made. So I want you to understand that God is a worker. But not only that, you were created to work. You were. How many know that there is genius on the inside of you? I'm going to talk to you this morning. There is, there is creative genius deep down on the inside of you. But here's the thing. Many of us don't know it. Maybe because we've been in, growing up in environments where people have told you what you can't do, what you're not supposed to be, or when people try to put you in a box. How many of you know that we're made in the image of God? I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. So look at this. In Genesis chapter uh, 1, verse number 20, uh, 26 to 28, we just read this. 
And we see that it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Humans are designed by God to exercise proper dominion over the earth, which comes down to stewardship. How many know that stewardship is about working? And God has given man dominion over everything. In fact, it says in Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 5, the last part of that verse, it says, and there was no man to till the ground. So I want you to see that. God had created the heavens and the earth. God had worked and then God had rested. And then after God had created this beautiful earth, he looks up and he, and he sees that there is no man to till the ground. Right? There's no man there. Now, let me, let me say this. Because some people believe that work is as, as a result of the curse. But work is not a result of the curse. God gave us work before the curse. The curse made it more difficult. But God gave us work before the curse. Look at this. Um, in Genesis chapter 2, 15. Look at this. Look at this. Then the Lord God took the man mm, and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. All right, his first job. How do you know God didn't create Adam to be a couch potato? Come on, somebody. Come on, women. You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be talking to no joker who's a couch potato. Couch potatoes need not apply. Let me tell you something. You want to get involved with ladies, especially your young ladies or married, whatever the case might be, you may want to get married someday. Trust pastor. If he ain't working now, he ain't going to be working later. Listen, if he don't like to get out and cut the grass now, he ain't going to like to cut the grass later. See, one of the things I realize in life is you ever hear people say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook up with him and I'm going to change him. You can't change nobody. You got what you got. Unless the Holy Ghost changed him, it is what it is. I've come to find that out. Well, I thought, I thought. Listen, don't listen to what they say. Look at what they do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That'll help you. That'll help you. And listen, cute ain't never helped nobody. Oh, you understand? They look good. Don't mean a thing. That get old after a while. Trust me, you're going to get old. Teeth going to fall out. Hair going to get bald. You know, that's going to change over time. But you don't want to be miserable. How many know God put the man in the garden to work? Say, Adam, listen, God created this earth, and then he said, look, I want you man to steward over it. I want you to, to tend it. I want you to take care of it. How many know this was God's plan from the beginning? And one of the things I love to see when I travel around the country, it's amazing. You go different places, and I like landscaping and, and, and how man can just, uh, how he's shaped and how he works to help uh, 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 just a steward over the resources that God has given us. This was all part of God's plan. God said, I'm going to create this earth, and then I want man to go into it. I want you to work. I want you to steward over it. I want you to take care of it. I want you to contribute. Look at the neighbor and say, what are you contributing? Mm. In fact, 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says this. If a man don't work, he should not what? Oh, some of y'all know that verse. I don't think I gave it to them over there. Ain't no worse than a lazy joker to want to sit down and just want to eat and don't want to do no work. Come on, somebody. Listen, <laughs> I, got, I got a couple of dogs in my house. They know. Don't come sitting at the table until you work something out. Don't cut some, do something. 
The Bible says if a man don't work, he ought not to eat. Now, I don't know about you, but that says a whole lot about what God thinks about work. Work is something that he has called us to do. It's a part of our DNA. It's who we are. As we said before, man was assigned work before the fall. The fall didn't come until later to Genesis chapter number 3. But I want to go back to this one concept. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. I want you to look at that verse real quick. Lay eyes on that verse because this is so important. And it says, so God created man in his image. All right, hear that. Now, I want that to sink into your hearts because that's a deep statement. God created man. That means every man and one man on the planet, God created man in his what? Image. Mm. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. I remember uh, some years ago, and uh, me and my wife first joined the first church we was a part of, and, and the pastor had a son. My wife, my, my, my wife knew what I'm talking about. And um, when I saw that boy, I said, oh, my God, he looked just like his daddy. I mean, look like him, talk like him, walk like him. All his mannerisms was just like his daddy. And even to this day, I went back on the website after all these years, and I looked them up, and I said, the first thing I said, oh, my goodness, he looked just like his daddy. How many of you know that we ought to look just like our daddy? I'm talking about our Heavenly Father. You remember that when the disciples, when the early church was being established, and, uh, and the apostles were working, and, and, and some of the leadership there, uh, the Sanhedrin, and all those folks that were persecuting the church, they made a statement. They said, they took note that they had been with Jesus. How many know that people ought to take note that you've been with the Lord? Why? Because we're supposed to reflect his character. How many know we have his DNA down on the inside? We are, how many know that as image bearers, listen to me, we are designed to reflect the image of another? That's what an image is, an image bearer is. An image bearer is designed to reflect the image of another. We are to, watch this, mirror the image of the triune God. We're to be like that. We're to be like him. And what have, we, what have we established so far? That God is a worker, watch this, and God is a creator. And guess what? We were made in his image, therefore we should be workers and we should be creative. Y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? We should be the same way. In fact, let's look, let's look, let's look at this thing, God is a worker for a moment. How many know that laziness is not a Christian value? Mm. You know, you go through the book, you go through the word of God. Why, my goodness. There are so many scriptures that talk about laziness. Uh, I mean, just read the book of Proverbs for five minutes, you're going to run into it. I mean, all over the Bible. In fact, Proverbs 21, 25 says this. The desire of the lazy man kills him. For his hands refuse to labor. Look at the name say, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule. Come on. The hand of it, that means a person that works hard. And just because you, are, you don't get no pass because you're anointed. Oh, I'm anointed. I'm a blessed man. I don't have to work. Wow, amazing how people twist the scripture. God blesses diligence. 
The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy will be put to forced labor. That's Proverbs 12, 24. My daughter, Destiny, helped me get these scriptures. I told her I was going to give her a shout out. I said, Destiny, I need you to find some lazy scriptures for me. So my daughter, Destiny, come on, give her a hand. Destiny found these lazy scriptures. She helping me preach. I had to give my daughter a shout out. Hallelujah. Proverbs 12, 27 says, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligent is man's precious possession. As we said before, how many know we are supposed to be the hardest working folk on the planet? And we're supposed to enjoy it. We should be known that way. In church, say amen. amen. But listen, not only that, we have creative genius down on the inside of us. How many know as image bearers of God, listen, we have the capacity to create. I'm not talking about, I'm not preaching heresy here. I'm not talking about like God. I'm talking about creativeness. How many know that God made us to be artistic? In fact, I was thinking about this, and I know that, you know, some folks on you know, got a problem with this and that, but listen, I'm just, think of a man, for example, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs uh, first created Apple, and he came up, he said, one of the things he said was he wanted to do something. Here's what he said. He wanted to create something that would make everybody's lives better. So we didn't even hear of iTunes, iPhone. We didn't hear any of that stuff until somebody thought about it. Steve Jobs thought about that. And today, almost everywhere you look, there's an Apple phone, iPhone, iTunes, and you know, Android's in there somewhere, but it's in second, third, fourth place. I understand that, so I had to throw that in there. All right, so, now there's a joke. But, but think about, but also think about, think about, I know, I know I hurt some of y'all feelings, but you'll be okay. But, 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 but think about Bill Gates. Think about Bill Gates. Think about the creative mind. Here he is, the, I don't even think Bill Gates finished college. And he tapped into that creative gene. Listen, you, listen, they're all created in the image of God. We all, we all have this capacity. Somebody sit down and he thought about it and said, I'm going to create a, a, a system whereby I can make, make it easier for people to use the internet or, or to use a computer. And today, Microsoft is known all over the world. How I many know they changed the world? I was thinking, as much as I fly, I love to fly. Um, but you know, I, I can, I mean, whenever I go to the airport, I love to watch. I never get tired of watching an airplane. Then about just like to see the planes take off. I mean, I said every time I see a plane take off, I'm like, wow. Wow. But you know what? The Wright brothers, somebody had creative. See, we're made in the image of God. Listen to me. Somebody sit down and they thought about that. What if, what if we can get from the one side of the country to the other side of the country in four or five hours. How many know that somebody thought about that? That's creative genius. That's being made in the image of God. How many know the young people? Listen, and old people like, how many know that all of us got creative genius on the inside of us? All of us. And here's the thing. Many of us, we don't tap into it. We don't tap. You know, maybe you can be, listen to me. Some of us may not have a job because maybe we're supposed to create one. See, see y'all looking at me like y'all not hearing me. You see, understand what I'm trying to say to you. Listen to me. That God has made us to be creative. How many know that when you go on a job, you're supposed to think out of the box because you serve a God who is outside of the box? 
listen, you, listen, you are, yeah, you obey your boss and you do all those things and you, re, you be respectful. But you know what? I think a boss would appreciate every now and then you come in there and say, look, boss, I was just thinking about something. I got an idea. Something I've just been just been thinking about it. And I think that we can make this company better. How many know we're made in the image of God and we can do that? Every one of you got creative genius down on the inside of you. I think of how many, how many people who have not tapped into that, who are not here today, or who've missed an opportunity because it was misplaced, or you heard some bad information, or you grew up in an environment where you were told you can't, you can't, you can't. Let me tell you today, when you're made in the image of God, all things are possible. Particularly if you love God. How many of you in here love him? See, this 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 is so powerful. Because we're made in the image of God. God was a worker and God was a creator and so, and so are we. I, I, I loved it. When I went to San Francisco, I marveled. I saw, how many of you have ever seen the Golden Gate Bridge? Anybody ever seen the Golden Gate Bridge? Amazing. <laughs> Brother said TV. Uh, amazing stuff. You know, a, a creative stuff. I mean, you, you ride it and you see things. Uh, you know, somebody sit down and somebody thought about the internet. The internet didn't just pop up. Somebody sit down and they thought of a way that we can advance information. We can get information quicker. We can get it uh, quicker. We can get it more efficient. Somebody thought of that. Here's my thing. Why can't you be that next person? Why can't you be the person that have the next great idea? Because listen to me, you are Christian. You got the spirit of God living down on the inside of you. So you have an advantage. Some of these folks, they created, listen, these are not, some of these these folks that do these wonderful things, they're not Christians. A lot of them are not, they are not believers. But because they're made in the image of God, it shows us what, what we could do and what we could be. But here's the thing, we gotta get out of that negative way of thinking. Some of us are sitting inside the boat, some of us like to be where we are. I know we say we don't wanna be where we are, but some of us are where we are because we wanna be where we are. I know that's a hard word. But it's very, very important that we understand that as image bearers, that we are to be like God. We have created genius down on the inside of us, and we need to tap in that. Parents, we need to awaken that inside of our kids. Dad, I want to be this. I want to do that. You know what? If you want to do it, do it. Go for it. Nobody else ever did it. But how many know that Jessica, nobody else ever did it? That don't mean it can't be done. Oh, how many know if I got the spirit of God living on the inside of me, there are no limits. How many know God can do anything in me? I'm trying to awaken you today. I want you to see bigger. I want you to understand that there's a dream. You're not just dreaming a dream. How many know when Joseph dreamed the dream? Joseph said, I had a dream that all my brothers and my dad and everybody was bowing down to me. It was a dream he had. Nobody believed them. I mean, know that you're going to have people who tell you what you can't do. There's a whole lot of them folk around. You just need to turn them off, and you need to move in another direction. See, you, you got to have the gift to turn off. <laughs> That'll help somebody to read. But it's so important that we understand that because God created us that way. But let me say something for a moment because I mentioned this earlier. I want to say something about uh, uh, resting. Uh, We read there in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 and 3. I want to read this verse again. Thus the heaven and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. 
and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day. He sanctified it because in it he rested. Everybody say rested. From all his work which God had created and made. And the Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, verse number 9 and 10. Look at this. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. Now what was the Sabbath about? The Sabbath was really about resting, reflection, and enjoying the things that God has given to us. And I just want to put in a plug because I know that some of us, on the, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Do we have any workaholics in here? You ever know anybody who's a workaholic? They do not know how to shut it off. The Bible says, listen to me, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, six days a man work and he's supposed to rest. How many know if God work and rest, you better work and rest? I've known some folk that are work, 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 and then you can get to a point where you worship work. And there has to be a time where you disengage. My wife will tell you, I mean, I know how to do that really well. I mean, I go to my work and I do my job. I do it to the glory of God. But then I come home. I, 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 you know, I'm home. I, I, cut, I don't talk about my work. It's, uh, I'm, I'm home. They say, won't you take it home? and do? It? I ain't taking that home. How many know that God designed us to work? Some of you, some of you haven't, don't, don't believe in taking vacation. Take a vacation. Rest. Rest means that you stay back and you reflect. And, and, look, and all the ladies ought to say, come on, lady. Amen. Y'all help a preacher out. Amen. Honey, let's go on that trip. Let's roll. And you ought to go with your, you ought to go dancing. But how many know we need to, my wife saying, amen, Lord Jesus, oh my God. Help me, Lord. Help me. See, the Lord does this to me. But see, so we ought to be a time of when we work, God bless the Sabbath, and so we ought to follow his example. See, how many know that you can enjoy work so much better when you sit back and you can reflect along the way? You know, it's good to be able to work hard and sit back and say, yeah, that's good. And look at your work, look at your family, look at what you've been doing, and sit back and say, yes, it's good. But how many know when you're running, 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 running all the time, you can't really appreciate what God is doing? And so we need to make sure that we don't overwork ourselves. Look at the neighbor and say, don't, don't, don't stress. Don't overwork. But look at the neighbor again and say, don't be lazy, though. That's important, too. Don't be lazy. All right. Colossians, uh, I'm almost done, believe it or not. I'm almost done. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. We talk about work as an act of worship. How many of you look at work as an act of worship? I got one person said Amen. Everybody else, I, I, I know the real you. Everybody else saying, oh, oh, I don't look at it that way. <laughs> I want you to begin to open your eyes and to understand that your work should be looked at as an act of worship. That's right. That place you don't like with all those problems, all those issues, it's and act a place of worship. How do you know it's all about your perspective? Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says this. Watch this. And whatever you do, everybody say whatever. whatever. Do heartily, watch this, as to the Lord and not to who? Men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. 
I want that, I want that to seek in. See, because we do our work as unto the Lord. How many of you do your work as unto the Lord? Come on, help me. Help me in here. Don't you leave a preacher hanging. Help me. Help me. How many of you do your work as unto the Lord? Because I'm serving God. Listen to me. You've got, you got to have the capacity to look beyond your boss if you're going to catch what I'm saying today. The Bible says that whatever you do, do it heartily, enthusiastically, with joy. Why? Because you are serving the Lord Christ. You work for the man, but you really work for the man. Jesus Christ. And because we do our work as unto the Lord, it is an act of worship. So watch this. Watch this. So even if you're stuck in traffic, how many of you like, like you get stuck on 95 a lot? I mean, I do all of that. Listen, you know what? Instead of fussing and crying about it, won't you just go into worship? Lord, I bless your name, God. See, when you go, before you, see, some of us, we go into work with a bad attitude. But we should go into work saying, Lord, I'm doing this as unto you. So, so because I'm doing it unto you, my whole perspective has changed now. It has now become an act of worship. Everything the Bible says, whatever you do, do for the glory of who? God. I'm doing it for him. So watch this. So when I go to work, I'm not going mad. I'm not going in there complaining. I'm thinking, look, here's, here's what a lot of people think. They say, well, I go to worship service on Sunday, then I go to work on Monday. I would like to say, why don't we take your worship with you to work all during the week? Come on. If I got anybody getting it. Look, look, don't look at work. Look, it ain't about, all. Oh, I'm just living for the weekend. Think about how much we're missing. If you go to work every day and all you got to show for it is, I can't wait till Friday and Saturday come. I mean, that ain't living. I mean, that's, I mean, though, if God is, listen, if I'm doing this for the glory of God, then I mean, God has put me here. And I'm worshiping God. I'm worshiping God when I'm driving to work. I'm worshiping God while I'm at work. Why? Because I surrender my life to him and I'm going to obey him. Worship is really is when you bow down and you obey. This is worship. God, I worship you. I bow before you. I do what you want me to do. I'm your, Lord, take me. Use me. I'm yours, God. Use me in this place. So when you, so listen, so when you get up in the morning, instead of this bad negative attitude, just begin to say, I'm going to worship today. I'm not going to work. I'm going to worship while I work. Because work was always meant to be, in God's original intent, work was meant to be pleasurable. It wasn't until the curse and the fall came in that, oh, and Adam and Eve messed up, you know, and if they're in heaven, I'm going to have a couple words with them. But, you know, when things really became, became a challenge. But God's, God's desire is that, that we be joyful. Everybody look at the name and say joyful. He wants us to be joyful. So whatever I do, whatever I do, whatever I do, I'm working for the Lord. How many know the Lord is the one that promotes? The Lord is the one that provides. The Lord is the one that takes care of me. The Lord is the one that watches over me. The Lord is the one that pays my salary. It is the Lord. I worship the Lord. So therefore, you can't do anything to take me out of my worship. You have to give it away. You got to give it away. 
But when you look at your work as worship, but I'm taking, listen, my whole of life, come on somebody, help me. Your whole, the Bible says, I, I, it says in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of my mind and understanding that I'm a worshiper of God. Everything I do, I do for his glory. Everything. Look, if I'm cooking, I cook for his glory. If I'm a street, uh, street sweeper, I sweep for his glory. If I own a business, I work for his glory. If I'm a stay-at-home mom, I deal with my kids for his glory. It is all for his glory. Therefore, it is an act of worship. God wants us to be a people that go from point A to point B, recognizing his presence. Some of you, I'm telling you right now, some of you who really receive this word, work will never, ever be the same to you again. It will never be the same. You're going to go in that place tomorrow. I'm decreeing this over you. You're going to go in your environment. You're going to be happy. And you're going to remember what I said to you when you're sitting in that I-95 traffic. You're sitting there, and, 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 and they're charging you $20 to ride the hot lanes. Anybody see that the other day? I mean, can I just say something? I hope they hear it. That is wrong. Don't pay $20. That, that is a misuse of God's money. Sit in the traffic and worship. <laughs> Sit in the traffic and praise God. Find your, your best worship. Do something. Give God glory. Put on the scriptures. Do whatever. Don't pay 17 bucks to ride in the hot lanes. It's a ripoff. I'm, I'm off my soapbox. I just had to get that out. It's just wrong. But this will help me. So, so now I'm not, I'm not going to work. I'm not mad. I'm not cussing people out on 95 because they cut me off. I'm not yelling and I'm not screaming. I'm not mad. I am in worship. If you don't believe me, try it. Try it. You're going to have an opportunity. How do you know God gives you a word? He's going to give you a test. And it's going to come tomorrow. I feel like tomorrow is going to be a bad traffic day. But <laughs> somebody should go, oh, no, pastor, you prophesied the wrong thing. I get it. But, 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 you know, that's how God operates. He gives you a word, and then he puts you to the test. So in conclusion, although work may be difficult at times, listen to me, we do not have to hate our work or merely, or merely just live for the weekends. When we begin to rethink, rethink, rethink work as it ought to be, then we can every day, we can see every day as an integral part of our worship. It's an extended worship service. I mean, listen, work is an extended worship service. Y'all hear that? Mm. <laughs> Knowing that God, did, but, but it's not a preacher. No, you're the preacher. I don't have a praise team. You're the praise team. Why have nobody serving? You're the servant. <laughs> Y'all getting it now? Knowing that God has designed you to contribute, take your job seriously where you are and make a difference in Jesus' name. The goal is to connect our Sunday faith with our Monday work. And if you can think of working this way, you will truly enjoy it. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much. Father, I, we thank you for our jobs. Oh, God. God, we thank you, Father God. Forgive us for the times when we complain. Forgive us, Lord God, for not understanding the importance of work. 
Forgive us, Lord God, for being lazy at times and not doing what we're supposed to do. Forgive us, Lord, for complaining. Yes, God, we all have complained. I have complained. And Lord, I say before your people, forgive me, Lord. Start with me, Lord. Forgive me for times when I've complained, Lord God, and not really understood that there's a higher calling. There's a greater purpose. Hallelujah. And God, we're really grateful. God, the, the day, Lord God, that we, we have resources, we have cars, we have houses, we have places to live and places to sleep and eat and play. We have family. God, we are blessed beyond measure. And I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord God. Help us to understand and know that you are with us and that this, Lord God, is our brand. This is what we do. We worship. Work is our worship place. You want us to work. You designed us to work. You called us to work. And God, we're going to do it for your glory. And if you're sitting here this morning and, and the Holy Spirit just convicted you about something, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, everybody, I want nobody moving, please. Just ask the Holy Spirit where you have missed it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you any wrong attitude about your job that you've had. Whether you've just, maybe you've just been so busy that you never even consider God at work. You don't even think about God at work. Maybe something as simple as that. Just offer that to God right now and pray and ask God to help you. Let's just take a moment and seek him. Every individual, every person. And when God convicts you, just repent right where you are, right in your seat. this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the starting point. You don't know what worship is. You can never really experience work and enjoy it to the fullest until you come to know Christ as your Savior. If you're sitting here today and you say, Pastor, if I die today, I don't know if I'd go to, if I'd go to heaven. I'm uncertain. I'm unsure. I don't know. If that's you, you're saying, Pastor, I'm not saved, but I don't want to leave this earth. Be just witnessed the other day where people were sitting right in church and people were were murdered right there nobody thought for one second that that would happen the point being we don't know when our time is up none of us do many of us we sit here from week after week and we assume that we have more time but the reality of it is is you don't know when your time is up God your life could be required of you today and I want to make sure that you're in. Don't waste this opportunity, please. If you're here today and you have not given your life to Christ, I'm not talking about you come to church. I'm not talking about you have religion. I'm not talking about you having knowledge. But I'm saying, have you given your life to Jesus? If you have not done that, I want to give you the opportunity. It doesn't matter who you are. I want to give you that opportunity today. You say, Pastor, I need to get saved. Jesus knows my heart. I'm not right. I'm not right but I want to give my life over to him today. I want to serve him. Is there one? I want to serve him. I want to serve him. I'm not right with him. I want to give my life to him. 
is there one? Is there one? The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart because tomorrow is not promised. Don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your heart. Hallelujah. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Father, we thank you, Father, for speaking to us, loving us enough to give us instruction, to give us wisdom, to give us understanding. God, and I pray, Lord God, for those that maybe are looking for a, a job that pays money to support their families. God, it's your will, it's your desire that we support our families and our home. God, I pray that if anybody here who needs that, I pray you give them grace. I pray you give them favor. I pray that you will open up a quick door of opportunity. And Father, in the meantime, I pray that the joy of the Lord will be our strength. As we wait on you, God, we will serve you. We will serve our fellow man. We will make our society better. We will make our communities better. We will make our work environments better. God, I pray for that creative genius. Lord, maybe somebody in this room had an idea. Something got dropped into their spirit. And God, I, I and Lord, and, and maybe, Lord God, they've decided, Lord God, to walk away from it. God, I pray that you just reignite that passion, that creativity, that, that something that's down on the inside of us that I believe you put there, God. Awaken us to the possibility and the reality, God, of who you made us. We are creative people because we're made in your image. And I pray for the next idea to come out of this church. I pray for the next bright mind, Lord, to come up with the next best idea. I pray, God, that on our workplaces, God, that you would give us wisdom, Lord God, beyond our years, Father God, and beyond our ed educational levels, whatever the case might be. As we seek you, God, give us what we need. Bless us and use us in a mighty way. And God, we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. Amen. Come on, give Jesus the praise for that word while you're standing. If you received that this morning.